Your friends can only handle so much fear. They have a breaking point when adrenaline takes over, and they're not just afraid, they're petrified. <coughs> Halloween Haunt at King's Dominion will push you to the limits of fear. Come select nights through October 28th for night rides, demented creatures, and terror you've never felt before. Fear is waiting for you. Save up to $30 on tickets at kingsdominion.com. You're listening to the Fantrax Radio Network. Fantasy Sports lives here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy World Order, presented by Fantrax Radio. I'm Joe Saunders, and with me is Nick Ligatino. What's up, guys? It's just the two of us this week. We just kicked Pat out. Two of us. We can make it if we try. I got out of my uh, race car bed. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> nah, it was a good one. It was a good one. All right, so um, we're gonna we're gonna start off the show with news and notes. Um, the big news is Trevor Bauer. He was diagnosed with a stress fracture in his fibula and was placed on the disabled list. So with no timetable yet. And with most fantasy trade deadlines already passed, is there anything you can really do to replace Bauer? No, there's nothing you can do to replace him. Um, but you can hit the waiver wires right now. Go pick up Jalen Beeks. He's a guy that I've got my eye on. We just spoke about you know before we hit the record button for, to start the podcast. Um, he's a guy I've been on since uh, probably late last year. And we, I just told Joe, you know, he had two bad outings this year. So he's got a really inflated ERA. And the two bad outings were his very first with Boston, which was really just the very first inning. After that, he was he rocked and rolled the rest of the game and then was good the rest of his starts with Boston. And then with Tampa, uh, it was his very first start with Tampa as well. Um, but if anyone watched the start yesterday versus the Yankees, he looked really, really sharp. The breaking stuff is really, really, really good. I have, I have high hopes for this kid. I think next year... He's just going to be a very, very good player. But for the remaining games, I know it's tough to own a Tampa Bay pitcher because what they're doing right now is just crazy. Um, but when he does get the starts and does pitch into games, um, unfortunately, he won't get you the win or the quality start. But um, he will provide you with good ERA, good Ks, and everything else and good ratios. So I would go out and try and pick up Jalen Beeks. Yeah, I, I actually i am not like totally against picking up any of the Rays guys. Last time I, I was on with Pat, we were discussing the strategy and whether or not it works. And for fantasy purposes, you definitely take a hit, right, with the quality starts and wins, like you mentioned. But, you know, chances are if you're if you just lost Bauer and you're in a, you know, in a more deeper league, you don't really have the luxury of trying to grab good guys. So grabbing Rays that Sure, maybe they don't get you wins and quality starts, but provide you good ratios. I think there's value to that between um, between Beaks and um, and Chirinos and uh, and not um, and and Glasnow, right? But between all of them, I, I, there's value in in their their ratios. So I think if you're really thin, it's you got to look elsewhere especially if you just lost Bauer. If the trade deadline has not passed for whatever reason, you absolutely have to go get someone, right? Yes. Okay. All right, next up, um, a minor trade. Justin Bohr traded to the Phillies. Um, it looks like all he's done so far is pinch, pinch hit in one game. 
Um, so does Bauer shake up the lineup at all for the Phillies, or he's just there for depth? Um, he's just there for depth, but I think he'll get his playing time. Um, you know, he's got the pop, and they could use some in that lineup just a little bit. And as the year goes on, I mean, he's a guy that he's you know he's a veteran and. Get him in, get his, you know, let him wet his beak a little bit before they get to the, well, if they're not getting to the playoffs, are they? What's their they, record? They might, yeah, they might. They're in the, they're in the running. Yeah. Um, so they're like a I, game I, and a half out of the Braves, something like that. They're close. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I don't really have much interest in owning Gore for fantasy purposes unless it's a super deep league, um, especially now, but he will get his ABs as the year rolls along. He's not just going to end up riding the bench the rest of the way. So it hurts Santana probably the most, right? Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. Um, Ryan, Ryan Madsen was placed on the DL with a back injury and it looks like Cody Glover might get the first shot of closing. I think, did he, did he get a save recently? Maybe not. No, no. Um, so any interest in Glover? I know you own him. Yes. Uh, I do have interest in him because anyone who gets saves is worth owning. Um, but as far as Glover goes, listen, he's a guy that, um, if he doesn't walk people, he'll be strong because he gets the K's. He has good swing and miss stuff. I don't know what Doolittle's timetable is right now. I know he threw off a mound recently, but, you know, stress fracture. It, 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 he Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't pitch the rest of the season. Um, but as far as long as Glover has the role, I would pick him up. There's no Herrera right now. Um, it, there's no Madsen. So the job is his. It is He's going to get any save opportunity that there is. And I, I like him. I, I'd say go pick him up. He's definitely worth owning right now. Okay, would you rather have Glover or Michael Givens? Uh, Glover. Really? Yep. Uh, so I'm assuming Glover over Willie Peralta too, right? Yep. Okay. All right, those are like the the two bad ones. What about uh, Giles or Glover? Um, <clears throat> the opportunity is going to come more often for Glover, and I, I, I just hate Ken Giles. Well, I hate him too, but I he's, think he's probably more secure in his job role. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. I I, I guess I'd rather have Giles, but uh, Glover is intriguing that, now that he has this job. He he's intriguing. I'll just say that. We'll see how it goes as the year goes along, but he could be special in that role. Yeah, but if Doolittle once Doolittle comes back, it's gone. I just when is Doolittle coming back? They've uh, he's been he's been so slow in this DL stint and. For some reason, when the news broke that he had this stress fracture in his foot, it was like, oh, you know, we'll put him on the 10-day DL and yada, yada, yada. It didn't sound that bad, but you and I know stress fracture in the foot is bad. Like, that's a long, long DL stint, and they're taking their time with him. They're not really in contention right now at all, so there's no rushing him back whatsoever. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't pitch the rest of the year. Okay, I think think I'm with you – I think I'd rather have Gibbons over Glover. I'd probably rather have Glover over Peralta, but I think I'd definitely rather have Giles over Glover just because of the security. Yeah. They're both flawed pitchers, so. Yeah. Giles will get you those really bad outings where you want to just punch the wall. <laughs> He'll do it for you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right, and last bit of news. Um, Tuki Toussaint was called two days ago, and he pitched pretty well against the, the Marlins with a final line of six innings, two hits, an earned run, four strikeouts, and two walks. So what's your take on Tukey, and does he have any value for the rest of the season? Yeah, he definitely has value the rest of the season. Um, he's going to get the playing time. as long as he, he, he looked good the other day. He's a guy that I was kind of on 
uh, late last year as well, mid last year. I thought he was going to come up at, at, at the end of last season, uh, but he didn't. They brought him up this year, and I'm intrigued by the guy. He's got good breaking stuff. Um, he's got better than good breaking stuff. Yeah, he's got he better changed, than good. The, the curveball is very good. Yeah, the curve is really, really good. Um, the ratios are good. I like to see him walk a little less people, um, but I, I like him. I think he'll be a good source of Ks, and um, he could be – if you're in a keeper league, you definitely want to pick this guy up because next year, going into the year, you're going to see his ADP go really, really high. He's, he's a special – when people see the breaking stuff, they're going to be like, oh, my God, who is this guy? Yeah, right. So the fastball um, has a little bit of life, uh, but it's mostly just pretty fast. The curveball is phenomenal. It's the best pitch easily. He's got like two versions of it too, right? The hard 12-6, you know, knee buckler and a more sweeping curveball. The changeup is really what I wanted to see, and I saw a little bit of it in that start. Um, it, you know, I had read previously that he he had made – some pretty big advancements on the changeup. Um, it still looked a little flat on Monday. Um, so that's, you know, a little bit of a concern. I think it's actually a change split. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I saw the grip. It looked like a split finger. So even, even regardless, right, he's got two good pitches, and one of them is excellent. So I think he's going to I, – I agree with you. I think he's going to provide some value as long as he stays in the rotation – you know, um, it was a doubleheader, so there is some concern that he gets sent back down. Um, but yeah, keeper league, you got to be on him. Um, obviously, dynasty leagues, he's likely owned. Um, and yeah, next year, you know, I, I like him for the most part. And if you can really get a better grasp of that changeup, there's like really big things to come. Do you know? Um, I don't know why, but I I thought I read last year that his um. His primary pitch was the four seamer in the in double A triple A. Do you know? It is. All right. So so then when he now in his start he throws though, like he, a split change. He threw the curve more than anything else. So that's oh well, that's because the curveball is like I, as far as as far as um fastballs it's a four seamer, but the uh, the curveball is his money pitch. Yeah, it's like without a doubt he's got the best control of his curveball. Um, it's the best whiff generating pitch. Like it is his best pitch for sure. So yeah, if he can develop that that split change, that'd be that'd be real nice. Yep. All right. So the next segment we're gonna do is um league winners, right? So this is gonna be players under sixty percentership. Um where we think that these players can help you try and win your fantasy league. So Nick, you wanna start start us off with one player? Yeah, I actually didn't know we were sharing these, but Let's go. <laughs> uh, Ryan Zimmerman is my guy. Definitely a guy to keep your eyes on right now. He's under 60% owned. We all know what he did last year. Um, he kind of shocked everybody, came out of nowhere, and put up an absolutely monster season, under the radar monster season. He hit 36 home runs. He batted 303. Um, he had a ton of good counting stats, and he was absolutely money the entire season. There was no slumps whatsoever. He was consistent. He was awesome. This year, not so much. Uh, he missed a lot of time. But as of late, he's been absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Um, over the last month, he's batted 365 with four home runs and a 1.174 OPS. Over the last two weeks, he's batted 414. Um, and the last week, he has not slowed down at all. Tonight, he's batting for, he's one for two. Uh, but he's just he's hitting the crap out of the ball right now. He's walking a ton. 
Uh, he's not striking out at all. The K rate came down this year from last year a lot. He's at 18.8 right now, and uh, the walk rate's gone up to 8.1. Listen, <clears throat> Zimmerman is tough to own because of the injuries, but right now he's healthy, and when he's healthy, he's worth owning. So far this year, he's had a 44.4 hard contact rate. That's last year he was 40.4. So that monster season where he had those 36 home runs, he's hitting the ball even harder this season. The stat cast is nice. Everything is nice. He's at a money part of a very good lineup. This is definitely a guy to go out and pick up if he is available in your league. Yeah, I'm with you, actually. Um, so we, full disclosure, we did not share our picks um, prior to this podcast. So I'm with you, though. The past four years, only once, and that was 2016, did he have an ISO under 217. So this year it's 246, last year it's 269, and then in 2015 it's 217. Money. So, yeah, I mean, there was a long stretch where he was kind of like a mid-20s homer guy, but he's now pacing out to be a 30-plus home run guy. I mean, that's who he is now. Yeah, and Joe, his exit velo right now? 94. 94. 94. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's up there with like really good home run hitting guys in the league. Well, he's like in this stat cast, he's pretty much always been that kind of guy, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But he's been 90, like a big barrel guy. 94. Oh, is 94 great. is like elite. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, ahead. I'm with you, right? Like the, the concern is, oh, is he going to die? And. You're in, right. He's healthy right now, so yeah, who cares? We're we're in the we're in the the stretch right now. We're in the, the 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 stretch. The playoffs are soon. Go add him. Put him in your utility spot and enjoy the ride. He's gonna crush. All right, my first guy is an outfielder, um, Cole Calhoun. Um, so he's got a fifty nine percent percent ownership in Yahoo, seventy six percent in CBS, and sixty three percent in ESPN. So he's not he's not available in all leagues, but still. Um, he's about as blazing hot as Ryan Zimmerman after 279 first half plate appearances with a 187, 237, 319 triple slash, which is just awful. He's rattled off a 311, 400, 689 triple slash in uh, 85 second half plate appearances. So last week, Pat mentioned the park factors, and Nick, you mentioned uh, riding out the hot streak. And something I think that's worth adding is the fact that his BAPIP this year is only 234 after a career uh, BAPIP of 295, right? So um, now I know not all of that was against shifted opponents, but even in the past two years where he was shifted for his BAPIPs for 284 and 309. So even with the recent hot streak in terms of power, there's still probably a continuation of the streak, at least for hits falling. So even once he cools off a little bit and he's not hitting for the power as much, I still think he's going to climb that batting average way up. Um, and Calhoun's a guy that can easily help you. So, I mean, we're talking about two relatively boring named dudes in Ryan Zimmerman and Cole Calhoun. But these are the types of players that can help you win. Yeah, without a doubt. We, I spoke about Calhoun um, a couple of pods ago. And I said, you know what? The guy has hit his hot streak at the right time. I mean, this is where you want to own him. Um, we're in the stretch run right now. If you're, if you're on the outside looking in as far as the playoffs go, he's definitely a guy that will help you. He's, he's cemented at the top of that lineup, and it's a very good ob- – obviously it's a good lineup. We all know that. So the counting stats are going to be there. 
the power is there to stick, and I am definitely on board with uh, Copa at home. All right, give me your give me your second guy to lead the charge. All right, can you go on your second guy because I'm having a little trouble here with my. Yeah, sure. So, so my second guy is a guy we already mentioned. Um, it's Yanni Chirinos, right? So, very, very low ownership. One percent in Yahoo. Percentage ship. Very, very low percentage ship. One percent in Yahoo. Five percent in CBS. One percent in ESPN. Right. So, like we already discussed, Chirinos is going to be limited in his win and quality start potential. As generally speaking, he's not going to start at all, um, as just no one for the Rays does. The good news, really, is that. It's not all that potential isn't all gone as his last two outings. He went for five innings um, with a healthy string strike rate of 12.3%, a K to walk of 3.07, an ERA of three and a half and a FIP of 3.65. That puts him in really, really, really good reg- uh, territory if he was regularly starting. So the big knock on him is that he's not regularly starting. Regardless, the fastball slider splitter, splitter combo has worked for 46 plus innings so far. And I think he's he can help you even if he's not starting. Like we just talked about how Beeks has good ratios. Well, Chirinos has even better ratios, and he's done it a little bit longer. So, plus the fact that he's free in all but the deepest of leagues, I think Chirinos is a great guy to ride out. Thirty-five point eight percent K rate right now. Who's that? Chirinos. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize it was that high. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you, so you on board? No, <laughs> I can't. No, really? I can't. Why I not? Can't um, because the K rate is thirty five point eight percent. Yeah, but we're talking about guys riding hot streaks. Yeah, but the the the, the swing strike rate is twelve point three. It's I, not like. All yeah, right. So yeah, thirty five percent is ridiculous. But it's probably not, it's probably not warranted, but. I mean, what are you hoping for from him as like as far as stats go, rest of the way? Well, just quality ratios. Quality ratios? Yeah. As far as what? As strikeouts, ERA. I mean, he's kept the ball in the yard. He's he's got a fit at three point six five. It's not. Wait like a minute! Wait a minute! Ready. Are you talking about Yanni Chirinos? Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about Robinson Chirinos. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why uh, I was so surprised at thirty five percent. Oh my god, Nick is on La La Land. But I think I'm a Yanni. Yeah, oh. man. Well, are you in on Yanni? Yes, I'm in on Yanni. Of course, I'm in on Yanni. <laughs> all right, um, so Yan. All right, wait. Yanni Chirinos's strikeout rate is twenty two point two percent. Yeah, so he certainly earned it with his twelve point two percent swing strike rate. I could have swore you said Robinson Chirinos. No, 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 Yanni, 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 Yanni. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm in it. Yeah, like you said, the ratio is really good. He doesn't walk many guys, which is great, especially from a young guy who just came up. Um, So I'm in on Yanni. I'm out on Robinson Chirinos. Yeah, I'm out on Robinson Chirinos. See, this isn't the the bad fantasy world order podcast. We're trying to get good advice. You're a weird guy sometimes. Who knows? I know. I know. (laughs) All right, did you find someone else? Yeah. Um, All right, so the next guy is... A guy that I really liked that has absolutely sucked this season. It was good last season, but has absolutely sucked this season, and that is Trey Mancini. Mancini. Trey Mancini. Making his way back to the pod. We haven't talked about him all year, but uh, he's been good as of late. Over the last month, he's batting 300 with an 861 OPS, and the pop has found his way back in his bat. 
Um, the lineup is so bad in Baltimore right now. Um, there's really no way he's going to lose his spot, which is close to the top of the lineup. So he will get some counting. He will definitely get you some pop as the year rolls along. Um, the, the, as far as the walking key rates, they are pretty much what they've been as far as, well, the key rates the same, the walk rate's gone up a couple of uh, points, which is really big. He's getting on base more. Uh, that was a problem with him was OBP last year. Um, but right now he's been heating up. I definitely like him as the year goes along. What do you think about Mancini? Yeah. So Mancini's interesting, right? Because, um, I mean, I can't hate you for wanting to ride out if he's hot and when he's hot. The the big beef with Mancini is he suffers a little bit of Eric Hosmer disease in that he grounds the ball. He's grounding out. He's grounding, putting the ball on the ground even more this year than last year. Last year it was 51%. This year it's almost 55%. I mean, it's really hard to get to hit home runs when you're putting the ball in the ground on the ground. Um, so I think he's probably due for some sort of swing adjustment. I mean, I know we've said that about Yelich. We've said that about Hosmer. The problem is, is that both of them, both Hosmer and Yelich, I think are faster than Mancini. Um, specifically, Yel- definitely Yelich, right? So he can yeah. afford to put the, the ball on the ground so much. He'll keep the batting average fine. Whereas, you know, Mancini, like, that we're seeing it right now, right? Last year his bat pick was three fifty two because the balls that he put in the ground found holes. This year they're finding gloves. So and now his bat pick's two seventy six and he's batting two thirty five. Yep. So I mean he's he's a player that'll probably be hot for like a week or two, but I don't think his hot streaks will be prolonged. Um so I'm not quite on board. But like the biggest problem is like I like the player. Like you know, when you watch him, he's not he's not as bad as the, the stats outline. And I think he can make adjustments. But, man, that coupled with the fact that the Orioles do suck, his counting stats are going to be awful. I mean, he's got 39 RBIs this year, dude. Yikes. Yeah, but, but he's been good lately. That's, that's the point. I know. I know. I know it is the point. So, But my point is, even though he's been hot lately, um, I don't know if I fully believe in a hot, a prolonged hot streak. Hmm. All right. So my next guy is I just had to talk about him, Trevor May. Um. So he's pretty much free. Zero percent Yahoo, two percent CBS, one percent ESPN. How is that um, possible? Well, I think it's possible because um, uh, Hildenberger is getting he got the save yesterday. Um, or today? I I can't actually recall. But anyway. After being on the shelf and rehabbing from Tommy John for the past year and a half, May has come back throwing absolute darts with an incre- increase in fastball velocity of about a mile per hour and slider velo of almost three miles per hour in about as small a sample size as humanly possible. May has been lights out. So Hildenberger is the, the closer right now, I guess, because he got the first opportunity of saves, but he's been pretty bad. And so is Addison Reed. Addison Reed struggled a lot as of late. So they're both pretty good in their own right, Hildenberger and Reed. But May has just been absolutely dominant. The velo is way, 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 way up. The strikeouts are way, 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 way up. So I don't think there's any way that 
May doesn't en- end up with the job, and you can get out in front right now if you grab him, and I think he'll be a great value once he once he's got the job because his ratios are going to be elite if he keeps that velo up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, I, 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 you know the listen. The problem is when you're on a lineup with Kit Keller and Doris Murphy, um, and Dottie Henson. It listen, it's hard because <laughs> it's just hard. <laughs> it's it's hard to succeed on on the Rockford Peaches. I don't know. <laughs> you're talking you're talking you're talking about all the way May, right? Trevor, Trevor, oh, oh Trevor May, Trevor May, good one, Nate. Oh, all right. I was gonna I was gonna bring up Betty Spaghetti too, <laughs> but um, but no, uh, Trevor May is absolutely filth. Um, I agree with you. It's definitely a good ad right now. The slider is just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. Um, and he's definitely worth a speculative ad. He could be he could be valuable. All right, you got anyone else? I do. Ooh, nice. Um let me pull it up. Hold on, I'm having issues here. All right, next guy. Jackie Bradley, where have you gone? Oh no, you're doing it again. What? Because you love Bradley, didn't you? Oh, oh no, I, you didn't like I Bradley. Hate Bradley. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. I, I used to I, not that I hated him, but when he had that like crazy year, I think it was twenty sixteen, um where he was like amazing. It was like a sec, a really good second half. Actually, it wasn't really that good a full year, but yeah, he had like the the forty game hit streak. Or whatever. Yeah, it was crazy. Like Thirty game hit streak. And you know, our friend JP had him, so that's all we heard about was Jackie Bradley, Jackie <laughs> Bradley, and it just made me hate the guy. But I'm gonna put that aside. And well, he was shot last year, so yeah. Well, kind of, kind of. I mean, listen, the walking K rates are always good with this guy. Um, he's kind of got my type of hitter profile that I like. Um, he's really patient at the plate. He's got a good eye. He makes good contact. Uh, he's got a nice swing. He's got good uh, exit velo, all that good stuff. Um, last year, he played through injury a lot of the year. He still went 17-8 um, and, and hit 245, which, listen, it's that probably not rosterable these days, but um, we saw glimpses last year, and we're definitely seeing glimpses right now. Um, this loaded, loaded, loaded-ass Red Sox lineup – this guy is either at the sixth spot, the seventh spot, and yeah, as a, you know, when you have a starting, when you have a guy on your team that's to roster a guy that's batting ninth every night. My point is is is, is difficult, um, but they do stick him in the sixth spot, which which is where he was tonight. And over the last month, he's got uh, he's got five home runs, eighteen runs scored, fifteen RBIs, and an eight ninety seven OPS. So the bread and butter with this guy going forward is going to be the counting stats. Because no matter if he's batting ninth or sixth or seventh or anywhere in this lineup, um, he's going to be money as far as runs and RBIs go. If something happens and he gets his shot to move up, whether it be an injury or what, whatever, then forget about it. Then it's all gravy from there. But even if he doesn't, and he let's just say he sticks at the sixth spot, which is where he's been most nights, uh, he'll be a good source of runs, a good source of RBIs, to get you steals every now and then. But it'll definitely get you some pop with a healthy average and really good OPS. Um, the, the, the percentage shift on Bradley is low right now. I don't have it in front of me. Let me see if I can pull it up briefly. I can. It's uh, And I just lost it because my phone's a piece of garbage. I got it. Um, I believe it's around 28. Um, it's so 26. 26, yeah. So he's definitely still out there. And he's definitely got that I would target. Yeah, so – I'm glad you mentioned the counting stats, right? Because so we were just talking about Mancini. So Mancini through 462 plate appearances, 
has 39 ribbies. Yeah, ouch, like we said, right? Junkie Bradley, through 402 plate appearances, has 47 RBIs, and he's batting 218. So he's batting worse in batting average than Mancini, and he's got less plate appearances, and he's still got eight more RBIs than him. So, I like, I don't want to hate on Mancini, but I, I'm kind of with you that if you need really, really cheap runs in RBIs and counting stats and even stolen bases, um, Jackie Bradley Jr. is not a bad, not a bad case. He's always going to be in the lineup because of the defense, right? So he's got no, he's got no real shot of losing significant playing time. I don't really think that he'll be moved up in the lineup unless if he goes like batshit crazy hot. But I don't even know if there's enough time for him to go up enough crazy hot to get him up further in the lineup. <clears throat> yeah. But still, I'd rather have Jackie Bradley in the Red Sox lineup batting ninth than Mancini batting three or four Agreed. in the Orioles lineup. Agreed. All right. Um, next up, I got a name that is going to be sneaky, I think, going into next year. And he might provide some value this year. I love him. So it's David Dahl. So 10% on Yahoo, 34% in CBS, and 7% in ESPN. So the Yahoo and the ESPN guys have pretty much given up on David Dahl. Uh, the CBS fans are sticking around, so I guess the CBS cats are still talking about Dahl a bit. So Dahl certainly has his red flags all over the place. Between playing time crunches, injury risks, a career BAPIP of 381 fueling a lot of his success... All those things are, are working against him. With that said, Dahl was a guy that everyone was drooling over, us included, not too long ago for his power-speed combo. And, oh yeah, he gets to call Coors his home field. So now, back after the broken foot, he could be primed and ready to rip off a hot street and play up to his prospect pedigree and minor league success. Right? He had those fluke injuries between, well, now a broken foot. He had the... Uh, um. Uh, the the abdominal strain was it? It it no, it wasn't that. It was it was a uh, God. I can't remember. I'll look it up. It was a fluke injury in the minors that that set him set him to to miss time. So you know, this was a guy that we were talking about being taken in like the twelfth, thirteenth round around guys that we we had a little bit more faith in. Um, so Dahl was definitely getting his respect, and now it's like everyone completely forgot about him. And it's h- really hard to be down on the Rockies, any Rocky, because it's only a matter of time, like Cargo, who can reinvent their career at the drop of a dime and you know carry you to a championship. So sure, there's no guarantee for this to happen, but he's quickly, very quickly falling into post-hype sleeper territory. And like I said, it's so easy to forget about Dahl even for the remainder of the season, but I don't think you should. And I think he's, he's worth, if you have the spot, a speculative ad. As much as I want to do a joke and pretend I confuse him for Dolph Lundgren, I'm not going to, I'm going to just stick with Dolph. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you, Joe. Uh, he's definitely a guy that I was like super excited about coming up and he's just, you know, not been there, but the power speed is very, very intriguing. Um, hopefully he finds it the rest of the way. I think he's still worth, I think he's still got that you wait, you know, to take off. Cause I mean, has he been hot lately? No, 
Yeah, I think I think you kind of like wait for it because the bad the bad doll is pretty bad. Um, so I would wait for the good doll and then scoop him up and then ride him out. I can't believe I can't remember this injury. He had a right the broken rib to start. What was that last year? Mm-hmm. Right, he broke his foot this year. I just can't believe it. I can't remember what he had. Well, anyway, I mean he's definitely injury prone, and I and again like I agree with you, right? That there's no guarantee that he's going to get hot. But he's a Rocky, so it's possible, and he can get really hot. And he's been good before, so it's not like he's he's you know always been awful. He's been good before. He's a little bit of bapip heavy. He's got some some strikeout problems, but he could definitely be worth a speculative ad. Um, all right, Nick, do you have anyone else? No, let's move on. All right, um, so. We're going to move on to some cold players since June 15th. These are their stats. And the question I really want to ask here is, are you willing to drop them specifically for any of the players we mentioned on this podcast, right? So we're trying to scoop up guys that can carry you to a championship. So a lot of these guys are guys that you either likely drafted or traded for. Um, So the question is, is would you drop any of them for any of the guys we've mentioned so far? So the first is Eric Hosmer. So batting 197, 245, and slugging 245. That's his triple slash. Over 200 plate appearances with a homer, 17 runs, 13 ribbies, and two stolen bases. Um, It's been pretty awful for Eric Hosmer. So I'll start off. Uh, I guess the question is, what's really there to add about the woes of Eric Hosmer? Um, I took a look at some of his interviews from earlier this year he had with MLB, and they were asking him about his prep work. Uh, specifically swing drills and the like. And he mentioned how earlier coaches used to tell him to go down and attack the ball, uh, to put the ball in play more. He mentioned that now all they tell him is to drive up and through the ball, um, you know, to hit more home runs. So Hosmer is cognizant of the proper approach for success in 2018 in the current state of baseball, as he discussed in this in this interview, but the re- results just haven't bore out. And, I mean, he's still grounding out a ton. Um, he's cold as hell. We've all been on the Eric Hosmer hate train for a long time. So, would you drop him for any of the guys we've mentioned so far? Well, first of all, if you, if you, if you drafted Hosmer and you still own him, then... Shame on you, right? Well, yeah, you're either like his grandma or you're like a saint or some type of friend from childhood because anyone else has dropped this guy. Well, that's not true. So in Yahoo, Eric Hosmer, 79%. I'm going to, I'll look up ESPN and yeah, CBS some, right now. Somehow he's coasted off of this year. He had like, I don't get it. I mean, he's a 25 home run hitter with a questionable batting average. It's been up and down his entire career. He's had years, full years where he's bat, bat batted 232. 266, and he's had years where he batted 318 um, and 293. So you don't, you really don't know what you're going to get from him. Um, and now in a really poor lineup uh, that's missing a lot of players, just the, the the counting stats are just nowhere. I mean, he's going to end the year possibly with less than 70 runs and less than 70, probably definitely less than 70 RBIs. Yeah, definitely. It's be under 10 home runs, under 15 home runs. I'm sorry, under 15 home runs. runs. Un- so yeah, under 15 home runs, under 10 stolen bases. The guy is just not rosterable at this point. I'd rather own 
the hot player in Calhoun. And even if even if Calhoun cools down, at least he's gonna get me the counting stats. Because even a a crappy Calhoun is gonna get me more runs in RBIs than a hot Hosmer. Um, so I'm definitely taking Calhoun. I'm de- I'm Piscotti. I'm taking Piscotti just because I'm, I'm a fan. Oh, we didn't talk about Piscotti, but yeah. All right. Well, I'm taking Piscotti. Um, I'd take Dahl over him too because I think Dahl's got I, potential. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Dahl. I. That's uh, uh, tough. I mean, like, what is Hosmer really giving you? You know, like, what is he? What is he really giving? Him? I'm definitely taking Ryan Zimmerman over him. Like, oh, if I'm yeah. close. Yeah. Um, so wait. So just to go back to to your question before. So ESPN, he's owned in 83.2 percent. Yeah. And CBS, he's owned in 87 percent, and he's still starting in 16 huh. percent. Well, those guys that are starting are probably out of the playoff race right now. But. Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine they are, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you though. I think for the most part, I'd rather have Calhoun. I'd rather definitely rather have Zimmerman. I'd personally rather have Dahl. I mean, what you're right. What does what does Hosmer give you? I mean, yeah. e- even even in Dahl's limited what is what's he got? 124 plate appearances. He's got half the home runs, three stolen bases, and he's batting 272. So it's not like he's killing you anywhere. Yeah, he's on the Padres. You know what? I'm probably taking Dahl over him just because. Yeah. Just because yeah. Of- All right. All right, next guy up, we have D. Gordon. So uh, since June fifteenth, he's batting two sixty eight, or his triple slash is two sixty eight, two eighty seven, three sixteen, and that's in one hundred ninety nine plate appearances with zero home runs, twenty two runs, seven rubies, seven stolen bases, and he's been demoted to ninth in the lineup. Yikes! And you know what? And he's still going to get drafted too high next year. There's still going to be a thousand guys waiting to draft D. Gordon next year. Because his ADP is going to be so low about a month before the season, two months before the season. Like, oh, my God, this is going to be the steal of the century. I'm going to lock up 50 steals and a 300 average, yada, 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 yada. Um, so I used to – listen, I used to love D. Gordon. I, I really did. Um, he's just an excellent, excellent hitter. doesn't have much patience at the plate. <laughs> this year he's walked eight times. Eight. Oh, he my God. Eight walks. And wow. 442 at bats. Eight. That's, <laughs> that's really bad. It's really bad. Um, and you know, so that means he's relying on his hitting to get on base, and it's tough. If you have a 1.7 uh, base on ball percentage, your OBP—it's it, just impossible to get your OBP over like 345. Like, there's just no way. And to get it to like 335 is going to take a lot of hitting, a lot of hitting. So I'm going to bet against D. Gordon. Um, batting, you know, 300 or 300, 310 plus to get that OBP up and against him, like reaching 50 steals next year. I- I'm just, I'm out on him. Yeah. When he gets on base, he's out, he's gone. He's going to steal the base. He's not going to get caught. Um, but this year going forward, batting ninth on this team, I, I don't see the value. I hey, listen. And you know what? I don't want to say I don't see the value. I do think that he should still be owned, honestly. Um, if He's the kind of guy, if you're in a head-to-head league, it's a good guy to have on your bench where if you need the average, you can plug him in because he still is batting 278, which is not bad. And if, you're, if it's Sunday or it's Saturday, Sunday, you're down by a bunch of steals, he's got to plug in and hope he gets on and you know get you a couple of steals. 
So he does have value in that perspective. It's the same deal as Billy Hamilton, except without the risk of going, you know, over 20 over four games. But uh, yeah, Gordon, uh, he's having a tough season and batting ninth. I, I would still rather own him than Dahl, but I would, st- and 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 maybe over Calhoun. Nah, no way not. over Calhoun. Probably nah. not. Probably not. Dep- it's listen. It's based on team comp. Yeah, sure. If I'm desperate for steals, then it's it's Gordon. Um, in an OPV league, though, no way, right? Um, no, pro- yeah, probably not. The, the 300 OBP is tough. Um, and as, as and for Zimmerman, I'd probably rather have Zimmerman over, over Gordon. Okay, is there any concern that once Cano comes back, he loses a lot of playing time? Uh, yeah, there's definitely a concern. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it, that's my biggest concern. When is Pino due back? Isn't he due back, like, yesterday? Soon, real soon. No, I think, like, beginning of September, so maybe two weeks. Yeah, that's that's definitely a, a good point. That's definitely a good point. Be yeah, that, that's the biggest thing for me. And so, um, you know, a player we talked about <laughs> before uh, we started recording was uh, uh, Alberto Mondesi, right? So he's through 133 plate appearances. He's red hot right now. 133 plate appearances, right? He's got 15 stolen bases. So in about a quarter of the time, he's got half the steals. So he's outpacing D. Gordon right now for stolen bases. And I think part of the reason is is because the Mariners are in the in the hunt and they're good. In the hunt, they're 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 like a game back. The, the yeah, game. and the Royals are straight duty. So Mondesi is free to run whenever. Anytime, anywhere, anytime he gets on base, he's free to run. Whereas D. Gordon might have the red, the red light a bit more because they're trying to win. So, you know, between Gordon and the fact that he might lose playing time and Mondesi so hot, I mean, I wouldn't recommend dropping D. Gordon for Mondesi because someone would scoop up Gordon in a heartbeat. And um, Gordon's got a better shot of maintaining his 278 average, whereas Mondesi is a strikeout monster. So his 279 is likely to come down. But with that said, if you needed a guy like D. Gordon, Montessi is the guy right now to grab. Yeah, I agree. I'm with that. All right. All right. Next up, we got Marcelo Zuna. So his triple slash is 254, 295, 363. Uh, That's over 207, 207 plate appearances with five home runs, 18 runs, and 23 ribbies. So what's the take on Ozuna? Oh, my God. Thank God I parted ways with this guy. He was so unbelievably frustrating to own this year <clears throat> because what he's been doing is he is getting hot, and you're like, oh, boy, he's back. It's Marcelo Zuna time. And then he goes, like, oh, for his next 30. <laughs> that, that's been him basically the entire season, uh, and I know that as an owner. Um, I don't see the power coming back this season. I don't see it happening. Uh, in fact, it's just gotten worse as, as the years progressed. Over the last month, he has three home runs. Um, he is batting 290, and it's nice to see the batting average back up if you're an Ozuna owner. But um, what I'd rather have him, I'd, I'd still rather have him, honestly, over all the guys we mentioned because it's just really hard to give up on this guy and his power. He does have the power. I mean, we saw it last year, 37 home runs, and He's looked really good on Statcast, and he dude, hits- you're you're trying to win right now. You're I trying know. to win it. I know, but you, you'd rather have Ozuna over Zimmerman. Well, 
Yeah, listen, he's batting. I don't know. He's batting cleanup still. He's fourth yeah. or fifth every night. It's he's batting behind God Carpenter. Yeah, um, that's true. You know the counting's gonna be there. Although you know sixty three RBIs, forty eight runs isn't great. Um, you know if he if he does turn it around, there's enough talent on that team where those counting stats could really skyrocket. Uh, he's not walking a lot. Uh, he's made some changes this year, and they're just not working. He's got to revert back to whatever he was doing in Miami. I, for the rest of the year, no, I don't really like Ozuna, but I like him over the guys that we mentioned. I'd still rather have him because a hot, a hot Marcelo Ozuna is better than a hot any other guys we talked about that's, tonight. That's true. That's fair. Okay, so I you gotta you gotta remind me. It's been a while. I don't remember what your take was. I know Pat was a little bit worried about Ozuna. Were you? I think I was still kind of. I was still like relatively high on him. I, I thought he'd hit like twenty five, not thirty seven. Mm. Do you remember where you were? As far as what before the season? Yeah, before the season. Oh, I I liked him, but we we always we, he was the mystery box. Him and yeah, the yeah, and right. We didn't, we didn't know like we and it was such a hard guy to project. But yeah, my, but my projections were thirty plus two seventy five. Uh, for a couple of reasons, one mainly being the Cardinals' coaching staff, yeah, they get the most out of all their players. Um, so I, I thought he would have would have gotten even better. It's a better ballpark, be- much better ballpark too. Than yes. Miami. So right, like the the take on Ozuna was always that he hits the crap out of the ball. Like his hard his hard contact was always sky high. I mean, he's got a career 38% hard contact rate, right? So that's what made him the mystery box for all that didn't listen to us back in the day, right? He was a mystery box because he hit the, the cover off the ball, but he never really had huge home run pop, right? Then it happened last year. The, the thing is always like, I, and I know Pat had mentioned this, that um, he only has a mid 20% pull rates on his fly balls, for his career, right? So, like, that's not very good. Couple of that, that his career barrels are only 6.1%, which is not nearly, nearly, nearly enough to be a perennial 37 home run guy, right? This year he sits at 8.4%, and even last year it was at 9.3%, which is in the range of being good enough for low to mid-30s home runs, but it's not the elite guys like like Gallo and Judge so we've also now got four seasons just like the season he's having now and one where he completely broke out, right? I mean, we're talking um, from 2014 to 2018, right? He's had one season where he popped 37 home runs. The rest were all, you know, teens, teens and, and 23s, right? So... It's tough not to think that last year was the outlier at this point. I mean, he had bonds in his ear um, with the the coaching staff and they might've, they might've helped him a little bit, but I mean, he's approaching now 28 years old. Um, It just might be that 2017 was the career year and he's more of a 22 homer guy with a 275 batting average. It seems like 37. I think we're gonna. I think with him, we're gonna have a little uh, deja vu of like a Jason Hayward s type of guy. But Hayward um, did it when he was like twenty two, and he then did. he stopped. He did, but 
I think it's going to be the same thing where every year someone's like, ooh, Ozuna is available here at like in like the 15th round. I got to take him. He, he could break out. It's the same thing with Hayward. He's still he's still getting drafted. Yeah, you're right. And, and But with Ozuna, you know, I, I want to say this. I, watching him play a lot this season, I watch a lot of the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see the power in the swing, regardless of the barrels. I, I really do. He's got a he's got he generates good bat speed. Um, if he if he undergoes a little bit of a swing change right now, the, the launch angle is just eleven degrees. Um, That's not so bad. It's not bad. It's above the average. It's good. Yeah. But if he couples like a fifteen plus launch angle with a ninety two ish mile per hour. Uh, bad oh speed. yeah, then he's great. Then he could get. Then he could go come back to that thirty home run range. And and you know what? He's a good contact hitter. Um, I'd like to see him take more walks, but he's definitely striking out less. You know what? I looked at like when I was doing my my looked at Ozuna earlier is his K rates through the year. That is something you need to look at. It is pretty up and down. It's really bizarre. Well, he, I mean, his highest is twenty six point eight. Yeah, it's twenty six eight. That's not before, bad. Yeah, no, but the year before was twenty, right? Yeah. So like 20, 26, then down to twenty two, then down to eighteen, then up to twenty one, then down this year to seventeen. Like those are big, those are big numbers as far as percentages go. Sure, but they're all really good, except yeah, for twenty six, which they're, is like livable. They're all good. So it's just this is why he's a mystery box. Yeah. Yeah. What's his average exit velo? Do you have that? Handy? Um, ex- average exit right now is 91.3. Yeah, man. He his really, average, is, a, he really his, is a mystery box. His average home run distance is 420. Like, that's that's really good. Yeah, so, like, when he barrels up, he barrels up. Yeah, he barrels he up. He doesn't miss. And I don't – listen, I don't use average home run distance often, but when it's a number like that, 420, uh, that's something to look at. I'd be curious to see, though, what his – average exit velo is on fly balls versus all balls right because he does pull his fly ball so little that i bet you it's not as healthy as you know your judges and your gallows and your your real big boppers right Mm -hmm. because he's probably hitting a lot of his ground balls really hard too so it looks like it looks like he should be he should have more fortune than he does um i have a question sure has on the pod um, I was on last week. I don't know if maybe I missed the week where we brought him up, but has anyone talked about God himself, Austin Roman, or no? No. All right. Well, before we move forward, I just want to say one thing. Go pick up Austin Romine right now. We're talking about guys to pick up end of the year. I, 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 Gary Sanchez, is he's throwing balls right now in the outfield. He's working his way back. But when he does come back, I expect him to have to not be in the lineup every day because really? Romine has been – no, he's not because Roman wow. has been so good with runners in scoring position. It's insane. I know at one point this season, I think it was like maybe a month and a half ago, he was number one in baseball, running in runners in scoring position, batting average. Um, he's been so clutch. Yankee fans love him. Gary Sanchez still kind of in the doghouse for what he pulled a couple, before he got injured. Um, and you know, if he if Gary Sanchez comes back and plays the way he was playing, which is lack of hustle. And you know, not hitting the ball as well. Romine's definitely going to have a role going forward, especially you know coming with the way the Yankees are right now. We need to start winning some ball games. So I expect Romine to stay in the lineup more often than people think. And if he does, he's going to be money. Go pick him up. The guy's swinging the bat so good right now. But all right, let's move on to Dylan Bundy. 
All right, yeah. So last guy, right? Dylan Bundy. Um, before today's abysmal start, he had a 5.97 ERA, 1.43 WHIP, over 37 and two thirds innings, and 11 home runs allowed. That was since June 15th, and not including today's absolute bombshell. Mm. So, is there any saving grace for Dylan Bundy? Um, no. He is going to continue to get blasted. I, listen, I, I actually do like the player, but the amount of home runs he's given up right now is ridiculous off the charts. Um, the FIP is 515. The XFIP is 430. The, the ERA of 470 is kind of justifiable. I am out on him for the rest of the way. I do like him as uh, uh, next year going into the drafts, but he's got to make some adjustments. Well, he's got to be, yeah, super cheap. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. He gave up seven earned today five and a third um i mean bunny has been extraordinarily frustrating to own this year as you can never really predict when the blow-ups are going to happen this year only his new additional slider is the plus pitch with his fastball changeup and curveball all getting hit hard in the past the curveball has been an average pitch and a chain and the change has been a plus pitch the big thing that stands out is his vertical release point on his change it has changed quite a bit on both of those pitches. I'm sorry, the changeup and the, the curveball. So I'll say the same thing I said earlier this year. Bundy is just too unpredictable. And on some days, he's got a feel for everything. On others, he's going to be a complete stinker. All right. Um, go ahead. No, I got nothing else. Um, yeah, so and, and one, one thing to add with Bundy is, like, the slider is not just good. It's elite. It's an elite pitch. Um, I do like him for next year. He's got to make some adjustments to the pitch mix. If he makes the right ones, he could be special, but he does play for the Boston Orioles, and that's going to hold him back. From the Boston taking... Orioles? I'm sorry, the Baltimore Orioles. And that's going to hold him back from ever taking the next step, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. They just can't develop pitchers that well. All right, we had J.A. Happ on here, but I don't, oh, really think so we should... I don't really think we should talk about him because he's been great as a Yankee with a 1.79 ERA. He's, so He's been great regardless. J.A. Happ is the best. Yeah, so... Nick, it's been a short episode, but do you have anything else to add? Yes. If you are drafting in football, listen, these guys won't let me do a football podcast, all right? I'm dying to do one. But Pat's like uh, the biggest jerk in the world, and he's just like, no, I don't want to talk about football. Meanwhile, he's just upset that I won back-to-back championships in all leagues. Listen, bottom line, all if, right, you're drafting, all right. if you're drafting this week or next, go out and draft Lamar Miller. Go out and draft Marcus Goodwin. Philip Rivers, and Jack Doyle. Those are my all-value picks at each position. Enjoy. Enjoy the fruits. Of all right, all right. Where can they find you on Twitter for baseball? For baseball, you can find me at Nick FWO. not tweeting ever. You can find me at Joe FWO, and you can find Pat at Patrick FWO. Thanks for listening, guys. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.